podcasting does not have to be difficult at all, especially if you have the right partners. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Whether you're looking to share your message with the world or get some ideas out there, Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcasts. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts within minutes of you finishing your recording. Now, when I think about when I first had the idea of starting this podcast, one of the things that I was really scared of was all the dynamics of getting it out there. But Buzzsprout has been amazing in helping us get our word out there, get our podcast out there, and also helping us with all these amazing amenities like a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can listen to and drop onto other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your podcast episodes, and more. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, click the link in the show notes. It lets Buzzsprout know that Phoebe sent you, and it also shows support for the show. Let's get to creating. episode of Emmy Stories. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode. This is what, episode seven? Something like that? I think it's seven, yeah? Well, who's counting anyway? <laughs> um, I do have a favor to ask of you today. Would you please let me know what you think of the podcast so far by either leaving a rating or, you know, sending us an email at our usual email address, iswithphoebe at gmail.com. Y'all are going to get tired of me saying this email, but listen, somebody is going to forget. So I'm here with a reminder. Is with Phoebe at gmail.com. Maybe there's a segment that you think we should add or a topic that you think would be great to discuss. Or you really just want us to, to, let, to let us know how you're enjoying this podcast. Just let us know, okay? Now, I keep saying we and us. And you only hear my voice, but it's also because there's, you know, there's truly a team here. And today I just want to give a special shout out to my producer, Mike Bracken, who has been working tirelessly. When I say tirelessly, I mean tirelessly to make sure that these episodes sound great. We always have these, you know, back and forths as as creatives. And I'm always saying, do the minimum. Let's just get it out there. And he comes back to me with, no, let's try this. Let's try this and let's try that. And I heard this on another podcast. We could try this. And I'm just like, no, like, stop it. Now, if you have siblings, you know what this is like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, shout out to you, Mike, a.k.a. Boga Bracco. All right, let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about, um, or I should say, we're going to be hearing from immigrants about what they wished they knew about their current countries before they moved there. 
and also hear what advice they'd give their younger selves and people who are wanting to immigrate from their home countries to other, I should say, quote-unquote, developed countries. Alright, so let us jump into it. Uh, Let's start here with a letter from Sylvia. She says, My name is Sylvia, and I moved to the U.S. 11 years ago. Honestly, I wish I would have known how massive highways are, how far everything is, and how terrible public transportation is unless you live in the actual city. Yes, Sylvia, you are right about how massive highways are. I I, I remember being terrified by the highways, and when I started to drive, it even made things worse for me. And yeah, public transportation, I think a lot of us came to America thinking that You know, the buses that we saw in the movies and the subways and the trains run everywhere. (laughs) No, that's a big fat lie. No. And so if you live in cities or uh, I should say smaller cities and smaller towns, you know what this is like. It's it's hard. It is really hard. And when, you know, Google Maps or I should say when some of us moved here was MapQuest. Do you remember when we used to print out MapQuest? to go from place to place my god now they don't they, they want to talk they want to talk about what distracted driving MapQuest driving was distracted driving big time okay anyway and uh let's get back to it here sylvia says distances are big here and you absolutely need a car the only experience worth mentioning is being evacuated with my pets due to a threatening fire in california I could smell the smoke as if it was just a few blocks away and ashes falling right on my apartment complex courtyard. Ooh, that sounds scary. I gathered what I could, important paperwork, some clothes, some food, my cat's food, and cat litter. I felt like I was a vagabond going from one friend's house to another while the fire While the fire area was contained and I was cleared to go home, I was constantly praying that the fire didn't spread any further and I didn't end up becoming homeless. Wow, Sylvia, that's that's a lot to go through. I think the best a new immigrant should do is to try and get an education ASAP. I know that this is a country of opportunities, but if you want to be able to make good money, You absolutely need a degree. With that comes job experience. I encourage volunteering, which will help with networking. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's not how much you know, but who you know. If this was another time, I would probably tell them that there are opportunities everywhere, but but would encourage Europe or Canada instead of the U.S., Coming here illegally or without a plan is a terrible idea. Also, considering how the circumstances are, I would not encourage anyone to move anywhere. Try to make it work in your home country. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for that and those uh, encouraging words. I mean, at this point, I think movement is quite limited just because of this pandemic that we're still facing. So yeah, you're, you're right about that. Next up, we have Safi. Safi says, One of the things that I wish that I had known about this country is that it is hard. 
I grew up with this fantastical image of the, of the U.S. It was a promised land and the solution to all of Africa's woes. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us had that idea, especially growing up. Safi says, as a child, I had friends who traveled back and forth from Liberia to the U.S. for vacations. They always had great stories when they came back, and I would listen with envy. When my parents traveled to the U.S. without us kids, they always came back with the coolest clothes and toys for us. The U.S. was everything, and I wanted to see it so badly. Little did I know that a war would destroy my homeland and force us out as refugees. At 12 years old, my family would seek political asylum in the U.S., and I would finally come to see what the great country was really about. My father stayed back home, and my mother, me, and two of my four siblings would share a home with my aunt, who had managed to escape a few months before the war had escalated. Prior to the war in Liberia, we had lived a relatively comfortable life with a beautiful house, with a nanny or maid, multiple vehicles with drivers, and a good private school education. My mother had been the general manager of the National Bank of Liberia, the first female to hold this title, and my aunt had been a pediatrician trained in Germany. Now let me pause here and say, you know, this is one of the things that amazes me a lot when you know when people talk about their experiences like at at home versus the experiences that they have here in the US because they have these beautiful lives and and they talk about them so fondly and then you come to America and it's almost it almost feels impossible to have that life again and that in itself can feel scary and, and traumatic for, for, for immigrants because the life that you knew is is no more, you know? Anyway, back to Safi. Safi says, We came to the U.S. and my mom had to work as a teller at a check-cashing facility while my aunt worked in medical records at a clinic. She would later get a job at a bank, but that was much further down the road. That is that is something, you know. It feels like the the rest of the world standards when it comes to education is like no match for the US, right? And like Safi is saying here, her aunt, who is a trained pediatrician, comes here and she ends up working in medical records, you know. Medical professionals come here to the US and they have to redo their education and redo like all these board exams and it almost feels like they're treated as as high school graduates or or less than and that has always felt painful to me honestly like how professionals not just you know medical professionals but other um other professionals come here and it's like it's like they're nobodies and and that has that feels painful that feels very very painful all right back to Safi. My 12-year-old mind wondered where was the fantasy and the magic of the U.S. Why were we struggling? Why couldn't my mother find a job as a bank manager? 
Why couldn't my aunt continue to practice as a medical doctor? At a young age, I would come to realize some of the barriers that immigrants experience in trying to survive in the U.S. My aunt had studied and become licensed in Germany. Therefore, she would have to take the U.S. medical boards in order to become licensed and to practice in the U.S. Who had the money and time for that? Especially after narrowly escaping a war and trying to support children in a new land. My young mind struggled to understand what was happening. People struggled in the U.S.? People had to work multiple jobs just to pay bills? You didn't own your home, and you had to pay rent? I would have to start working at a young age, before I was even legally allowed to help with the household expenses. Mind blown. Safi says this, I would tell my younger self that no matter what challenges I encountered, I would be just fine. I would let her know that the challenges of being a young refugee slash immigrant would strengthen her and actually create a clear path to success. I would emphasize the importance of remaining connected to her roots and community and to treasure the culture of her native land. I would tell her that there was no point in trying to be quote-unquote Americanized because African culture would somehow become a part of pop culture in America and people would become interested in our clothing, foods, hairstyles, etc. Even the white folks. I would tell my fellow countrymen and women that the American dream is real and happiness can be attained in these United States, given that they are willing to work hard and make some sacrifices. Our last story today comes from Trish Mastercoach. And Trish says she's currently in Germany. And she says that when it comes to uh, something she wishes that she, um, she would have known before she moved there, it would be that There is limited sunlight, and that is a massive adjustment. Germany is a green province. It is mandatory to recycle and not be wasteful. Germany is beautiful. Trish says, 15 years ago, my journey led me to Germany. I had decided to stop playing pro basketball and return to the States. I got a job through Microsoft and was sent to Germany for eight weeks. Although I was busy working... I recall how beautiful the country was, how kind the people are, and the way people in Europe embraced life. Fast forward to today, we are here as a family and walking the same streets as I did many years ago. It's surreal to witness this experience with my family. The mind-blowing experience as as a parent is watching your family thrive. My children have the opportunity to reinvent themselves learn and experience different language, culture, unlearn, experience different traditions, and take in the experience and enjoy this life together. She adds, 20 years later, the advice I would give my younger self based on what I know now is, it's hard and hard times don't last. You're going to make it. 
Being homesick will get easier with time. Reach out to family and friends. You will meet great people. Laugh, have dinner, ask questions. There is no pressure to impress anyone. You have flexibility to be more authentic. Don't take life so seriously. Stop worrying about the smaller details. These are some great tips here, Trish. And she also says this about, you know, what she would say to people um, back home in her home country. She says, be ready to unlearn everything you once knew because you're entering a whole new way of being. Give yourself time to process your surroundings. Be open, be curious. Always embrace an opportunity to unlearn and ask a lot of questions. Trish says, I'm thankful for social media. It has allowed us to keep up with, uh, to keep up and be global with people. The beautiful part of living abroad is that your entire perspective on life changes and your perspective deepens with your conscious and self-awareness. Being an immigrant is complete transparency of inner strength. Ooh, we should put that on a t-shirt. Being an immigrant is complete transparency of inner strength. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Trish, for sharing these words with us. And yeah, good luck in, in Germany, too. I've heard a lot of nice things about Germany. And I also find it interesting about this whole um, mandatory recycling. I wonder what that would look like in other countries, too. Now, something I wish I had known before immigrating to the U.S. is how easily you can get into debt. I grew up on a primarily cash-based system in Ghana, and I remember before moving to the U.S., my dad would tell me to never get a credit card. Uh, he didn't really explain why. So when I was in college, and you know how your junk mail starts to come in, right? And in college, they find out that you, you live in this dorm, and they start to send you stuff, and the Discover card offers, you know those uh, those uh, card offers that come in in the mail? It started coming in, and when I tell you we're looking all tantalizing, it's like, you know, you're approved, pre-approved. <laughs> and um, I was like, ooh, let's see what credit cards are about. Uh, yeah, let's just say I learned the hard way, big time. I, I wish I had known how debt worked in this country and how, in some ways, it, it feels like you, ne you need a certain level and exposure to debt to be able to advance in a certain direction. So what, what I mean is is credit scores, right? Maybe one day you want to like go and finance a car and you you, you don't really have credit history because you've been primarily cash based and you know debit based and it's like, oh well, what what does your credit score look like, you know? And um I was also amazed at how credit card debt, you know, especially had ruined so many people's lives you know there was documentaries people's stories Whew. It, it, it was something to to behold i should say i also didn't i didn't realize how financially hard it could be in this country it's like there's no there's no leeways and, and things like that and i remember some of the financial hardship that i had some of my first ones, you know, being in college, I think it must have been sophomore year. And um, I didn't I didn't really have anywhere to go for one of the breaks. It must have been fall break. So my friend and I were stuck on campus. The cafeteria is closed because it's a break. 
and we have no food. We don't have money to go to the grocery store either. Well, we had money, right? But it wasn't enough to go to the grocery store. And that was when I started couponing. So I I had found these like McDonald's coupons for like a dollar meal here, a dollar meal there. And so my friend, oh God. Thinking about these moments just, it really brings tears to my eyes because man, it was rough. And I couldn't believe that this was happening to me in America. But I also didn't want to call home and tell my mom that this is what I was facing. Uh, and have her all, f- you know, freaked out and everything. And back then, her immediate response to everything was, come back home. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, we, we would cut coupons. And we would, like, ration these burgers and things that we would buy from McDonald's. And... um we didn't even have money for like gas and things like that. So we had to really calculate how many times we were leaving campus and what we were going for. It was it was sad. It was sad and you know, in a lot of ways I, I even see the privilege in that in the fact that we had a car. My friend had a car, I didn't have a car to get around and so it, I I just I was amazed at how poverty looked like in in, in America, honestly. And, and the homelessness, especially in major cities. And, you know, when I first got here, I, I was like, well, this is America. You can't be homeless here. Oh, gosh, I was so wrong. And, um, you know, hearing people's stories of how they, they ended up being homeless, I, I would volunteer at a homeless shelter at some point um, when I was in college. And, and, you know, I would talk with some people and, you know, hearing those stories that it just amazed me that this was happening right here in America. So huh, I'm I'm reminiscing a lot right now, honestly. Just just really hard times. But anyway, you know, we'll talk about them. One day. One day, one day, as we say in Ghana. If I could give any advice to anyone wanting to immigrate to the US especially, well I can truly only speak to that because I've lived here the longest. I would say, please, do your research before you come. These days, Google is especially accessible, you know, for people who have cell phones and things like that, um, or computers, you know, libraries, things like that. Please, do your research about your career, about schooling, about maybe the city that you want to live in or the state that you want to live in. Uh, go on Google Maps do look at look at what it looks like before you come and don't don't depend solely on the experiences of your family members who come home for for vacations and holidays because guess what we lie okay we lie and we lie a lot we bring our best clothes and shoes and makeup and things and you know technology and fancy phones and you see us and you think omg America must be wonderful, and you want to come here. We come and, you know, we blow cash, okay? Cash on cash on cash, the dollar bills. And what you probably don't know is that it's most likely money that's been saved over the last year, last year and a half. I'm being honest, because <laughs> I know this, okay? So please educate yourselves. Do your research. Get on Google, like I said, and also, like, ask for honest conversations. Ask deep questions. Don't just 
admire your family when, you know, when they come home and things like that and, and let them go without telling you about the difficulties they faced as immigrants. And for us as immigrants, when we go home, we really need to, we need to be honest. We need to be authentic. Yes, we want to portray that we're doing well. We want to show that we're successful and all that stuff. And there's also, there's also a responsibility that we have to our people back home in being authentic with them and letting them know, hey, it's not always a walk in the park. Hey, sometimes it's a struggle trying to go out to do things because I can't find anyone to watch my kids. Or hey, I had to turn down a promotion at work because this and that and that. Or I didn't even get a promotion at work because I think that, you know, my boss might be racist. You know, we have to have these honest conversations and give that clear picture. Yes, we want to go look good, enjoy our families, show off, do all that stuff. But we also need to remember that it took some sort of sacrifice to get these things. It took us working two jobs, three jobs to be able to shop, to bring these things home. They need to know these things. We owe them that. So I'm hoping that, you know, if you get to go home, for example, this Christmas, you can have these conversations, especially with the young folks who are wanting to to come to places like America and they see all these fancy things and <laughs> what Cardi B is wearing and what hashtag is trending and who has a Birkin bag and let them know that some of us, <laughs> if we want a Birkin bag, <laughs> sorry, I just had a visual. <laughs> if we want a Birkin bag, we might have to hit a pole or two, take a fourth or fifth job. Uh, cash out our 401k, something. Let's keep it real, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, all right, all right. That's that's about it for today, okay? Next week's episode will be, will be out a day early um, just because of the Thanksgiving holiday in the U.S. So, you know, just give you a little something to listen to as you get your turkey ready. If you eat turkey, that is. As always... If you would like to have your story featured on the podcast, please send an email to iswithphoebe at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Bye-bye.